Hey guys, this is Nulan Wing, PTMer, manager of USGA Tennis on Campus, and you're listening to the PTM Podcast. Hi, and welcome to episode 13 of the PTM Podcast, powered by Racket Sports U. I'm your host, Chris Michalowski, a PTMer known as Coach Mick, broadcasting right here from warm and sunny Orlando, Florida. Well, it's important that you develop your own coaching philosophy, and this will be your compass in how you make decisions, especially under pressure. And it's time to start thinking and developing yours if you haven't done so already. And it basically consists of two parts, coaching objectives and your coaching style. And we'll go over both, but we'll go over one in this episode and coaching style in the next. But as always, why don't you sit down and let me tell you a quick story first. It's story time with Coach Mick. All right, so when we moved from uh, northern Michigan to Orlando, my son liked to play tennis, he liked to play baseball, liked to play basketball. When we left northern Michigan, his last baseball game, he hit a home run in the bottom of the ninth inning to win the district championship for his team. It was only home run over the fence. You know, at his age, and I got 12 years old, he had about six that were in the park. But uh, this one went over the fence, and they won the game, and they won the championship. It was pretty cool. And then he came here. And he had to go up a division because now instead of 60 feet, he's got the 90-foot bases. You know, the kids are throwing curveballs at him because he's 13 now, playing with 15-year-olds. So it was quite a different experience, but was really the main different experience was the coaching. Now, up north, they were probably a little bit easy. He was playing in the American Legion League where it wasn't really the uh, hardcore tournament every weekend league. It was just more of a fun league, but, I mean, it was serious. And here they had the same thing. They had a serious part, and they had one that was a little more like American Legion. That's the one that he got involved in. And his coach was a pretty tough coach, actually. At first, I thought he was pretty harsh, but at the same time, he was harsh with the kids. He was still, he could be a little empathetic with them. But there was one game where the coach was gone, and he had a sub fill in for him. And this guy, I thought, was a little bit out of control because he'd have kids out there that were like playing second base. He'd bobble the ball a little bit. He's like, I can't believe you can't field that ball from second base. Get in the dugout right now. Skip, you go out and take a spot right now. Or then the next inning, a kid struck out. He's like, I told you not to swing at those balls. That's it. You're on the bench. John, you're going in for him this inning. And I'm like talking to a dad right next to him. I'm like, can you believe this guy? And the dad is like, well, he's just trying to inspire the kids. I'm like, he's trying to inspire the kids. Well, he just told your kid he can't hit and sit down on the bench and he's not going to play. How inspiring do you think that is to your kid? So what I was kind of doing a little bit probably louder than normal is when he would yell at a kid. I just go, that's okay. You'll get him the next time, you know, and he yelled even at my kid and I said the same thing. Harry, don't worry about it, man. You'll get him the next time. And so at the end of the game, I remember he, he brought the whole team in. He's like, okay, you guys, come on in here. And now, you know, I don't really care if we win or lose. All I care is that you guys try your hardest. That's the important thing. And I'm like, seriously. And then he caught me off guard because he goes, and parents, well, at first he asked the kids, he's like, and do you guys have anything to say about that? And they're like, nobody said anything. They're all scared to death. Then he says, parents, do you have anything to say about that? And I knew that he was probably aiming it right at me. And he caught me off guard and I um, I was like silent. And that's the only thing I regret because what I really should have said in the car, I'm like, I can't believe I just didn't say, hey, dude, look it. It's obvious. Don't say you don't care about winning or losing when it's obvious you want to win. And it's not bad if you want to win. It's okay if you want to win. But don't tell the kids that you don't care because it's obvious that you do. And if you did tell the kids you cared about winning, then maybe they'd play a little bit differently for you or work harder outside of their game so they didn't get yelled at so much. I don't know. But anyway, it's better than sending the kids mixed signals. So, Coach, if you're listening, so there. Let's see if we can tie that in, that baseball story with today's quick tip. 
And now, today's quick tip on the PTM podcast. All right, so today's quick tip is to try to start developing your coaching objectives first. And I'm only going to be skimming the surface here because it's a 10-minute podcast. But when I took the sports science exam, we covered three coaching objectives. One was to have fun, two was to develop players, and three was to win. So if you define those very quickly, to have fun might be with like junior groups playing a lot of games, doing a lot of activities. Even though you're working on skills, you don't expect a lot from them out of class. And for adults, it might be more social or maybe the class is just making sure they're having a good workout and playing all the fun drill games and everything. If your objective is to help develop players, which most coaches will say that's what they're there to do, there's three different things you're going to be developing. One is physical skills, which means like technical elements, uh, fitness, things like that. Number two is psychological skills. You'll work on developing them emotionally and building your self-worth. And number three, you'll be working on their social skills, how to handle competition and teamwork and working with a partner, things like that. If your objective is to win, Then there's going to be a lot more out-of-class objectives involved. We're fun. There really isn't any. Winning there is, which includes matches out of class, tournaments, practicing with people, private lessons, conditioning, and periodization, which is just an annual plan to help you peak at certain times during the year. And this basically came from the book Successful Coaching, which was more for team coaches, but that's the one we had to read for sports science. And if I remember right, when I talked about coaching or when it talked about coaching philosophy, it was talking about teams. But after that, it was talking about all the other things that we have to do as tennis coaches as well. So it was a phenomenal book. But the key for you is to decide what your coaching objectives are. Are they going to be, you know, is it going to be fun? Is it going to be developing players or is it going to be winning? So one of the most important steps for you in determining this is basically how significant winning is to you as a coach. And this may all depend on who you're working with at the time for sure because your students may be at different levels of their tennis development. When I was teaching at my first job at the resort in Northern Michigan, I was the head pro, I was a director, I was really the only pro there, so I had some assistants. So I taught every class. I taught Wimpleton, junior development, high performance, men's leagues, women's leagues, you know, stroke of the day, cardio tennis. And so I had to wear all these different hats and the objectives were different. I mean, I'd go out there in junior development and work on basic skills with kids and have some fun. Then I get out there and work with the high performance kids and we're like, okay, we're playing doubles today and we're gonna do this. And yeah, okay, let's get some 10 balls at the net. Let's get going. And then I'd go ahead and teach Wimpleton It'd be like ring around the rosy, things like that. And so, and then my men's league, they just wanted to have beer and pizza afterwards. And so I was supposed to be just a cool guy, giving them a good workout or whatever, because that's what they wanted to do. And you do that for a number of years. That's difficult because you're putting on a different hat for each class. Now, the development route, which is working on physical skills, psychological skills, and social skills, Sounds like the hardest, but it should be included basically in all of the objectives if you want to be a successful coach. And most any coach will tell you that the development of the athlete is the most important. But have you ever gone out and watched one of those coaches during a match or a game? Do you remember the story I told you about my son's a baseball coach here? I mean, it's very easy to say that, but it's one other thing to do that, especially in a competitive environment. If it's a combination of fun and development, that's your objective, let's say one and two, then working with the high performance programs may not be for you. But working with high school players, middle school players, and the younger players may be a perfect fit because they're all going to be included in what you want to do. So if you want to go the high performance route and you're just getting started, find a good mentor because there's a lot more to it than you think. And it may require a number of different coaching specialists and depending on the degree of winning that you're interested in. Now, as for adults, they usually have an easier time doing most of the dirty work for you in terms of what your objectives are. For example, we had 
a number of 3.5 teams at our club. And if you wanted to be a district champion, you wanted to get on one specific team for sure. But if you just wanted to have fun and compete, followed by a few jello treats, then there was another team for that too. And usually the captains of the winning team or the teams that wanted to win made it perfectly clear that winning was the objective and that the lineup would be decided that way. So in other words, you may play, you may not, depending how you're playing, where the other teams made sure everybody had equal playing time. Like, for example, uh, we had this captain on our team, and she got it. She was a new captain, so she's like, okay, you're in, you're in, you're out, you're out. I'm like, wait a minute. No, your job as a captain, your job is to represent the team. So you might say to me, hey, Mick, we hate the lineup. The team says that, and I say, okay, we'll try something else. So bottom line is try to start developing your coaching objective first or at least understand how you may have to make adjustments based on the classes and the people you're working with. Well, that wraps it up for episode 13 of the PTM podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, get started on developing your coaching objective to help you make those big decisions. Well, are you interested in a career in tennis? Or do you know someone who is? Or maybe you want to start a PTM program in your own area. Either way, go to ptmprograms.com and RSU will get you started. And don't forget, there's a huge need for quality coaches and RSU wants to meet you right where you're at and help you reach your destination in the racket sports industry. And as always, if you know someone who may benefit from the podcast, please share it with them and thank you in advance for your support. Well, I'm Coach Mick and I want to thank you for listening and I hope you'll join me again for the next episode of the PTM Podcast. Podcast.